What is up, boners? We are back. This is episode 44. We are no six away. Dude, basic math, bro. I took summer school for three years. Okay, what do you want me to do? It Get it right help. once. It didn't help. It didn't help. We are six <laughs> episodes away from 50. Uh, Episode 44. This is a, yeah, this is a personal story. Um, this is actually the first episode that I ever did with my, with my wife uh, when, when this podcast was the Botox podcast. Um eventually it transitioned into what it is now which is botox with big jim um that guy right there but this is a story that hits home uh it is something that that uh, that occurred when i was going to high school and i mean it, it, in some some kind of way it kind of affected you right because you kind of didn't even know what was going on and that was the high school that i was going to you or me. no i mean even now yeah even now i learn more stuff today than i did when it did happen in the f- previous podcast you put out and even that back then i don't really remember anybody or any news coverage yeah, no, i don't remember i don't, yeah, I don't remember the, much of it i had just coming out of uh systos which was systematic training weightlifting and running and all this shit for high school and i was coming out of the locker room and at the time, I didn't know how loud helicopters were when they were flying low. And yeah. all, all I remember was seeing a helicopter. I mean, it, granted, it low being two, three, four hundred feet maybe. But it's low enough to where you can see the bottom of the fucking helicopter. Oh, you could fulfill. You can you feel could, the propulsion. You could feel it. The yeah, the rotary. The Yeah, thank you. So yeah. I heard that. And I remember looking up behind me and going, what the fuck is that? And everywhere, people were like talking. Everyone was saying something. Everybody was saying something. I had, again, and I say it in this story uh, when you guys listen to it, I didn't know them personally. So I I didn't know what had happened, who was involved, what was going on. All I know is that I saw a helicopter at about 1230. And when I went home later that day, the route I normally took to go home to walk home was blocked off by the police. I literally had to walk all the way down. What was that? Uh, that was, was that Peoria street? Or the, Peoria? Ma- the main street you were, the school was on was Peoria. It was Peoria. I remember having to walk down Peoria Ave. I think, I think it was Ave all the way to 32nd and then walking home from there by, by, by that church. Yeah. I had to walk yeah. all the way down there to get to the, to get home. So that's all I remember from that, but it's still in my mind, super clear as to everything that had happened. So, um, and I say too, in the episode, please fact check me. If I said anything wrong, I will own up to it. If I said anything out of context, I will own up to it, but this is all the stuff that I found online. And a lot of it, a lot of it was, uh, through yes wikipedia uh a lot of it was through um through other uh, articles uh katiesway.org is definitely one of the stories that you know it it says what had happened um this is actually something that came about after this that this incident 
another one was uh, KTAR, uh, KTAR.com. Uh, another one was casetext.com and findagrave.com. So these are all things that I pulled up online. And if I get in, in, any of it wrong, please shoot me a, a message. Real quick, real quick before we go on, just to bring attention. You know, this is a serious, serious episode. And you guys know if you listen to me, if you know me very well, or if you just barely get to know, I really talk a lot of shit. I try to make jokes of the best of things, the worst of things. And all it is is just to enlighten, have a have a fun conversation with somebody in general. That's why I'm on this show with him. He wants my general reaction and responses. So, yeah, I do make fun of a lot of things, but it's not that I don't care about what we talk about. A lot of it is to just break the seriousness of the conversation. And, and it's and not, I, and it's not, Ill, I talk Ill shit will. in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not ill, ill will towards anybody either. No, none at all. I know it's heartbreaking just even listen and go. To, I mean, the episode, four episodes ago about the dude from Sacra, from Fresno. Yeah. That was I had a, no clue. Yeah. That was a fucked up. You know? One. Yeah. So. And I'm still shook by that one. It don't, it don't make no sense for people like that to be amongst this world. At, at all. all. At all. Yeah. But they do. They are. So. But anyway, in all seriousness, anybody, you know, in abusive relationship or having mental issues or is even distraught. It doesn't even matter the age anymore. If somebody no, is young know. enough to explain to you how, what they're going through, listen, help. There's a lot of opportunities for people. Like he just said, there's now a three number direct contact. Yes. If, if someone, you know, is, is contemplating suicide, the suicide hotline has now, uh, made nine, eight, eight, the, the emergency number to contact them. So if, if, if anybody, you know, or, or yourself is contemplating, contemplating suicide, please dial nine, eight, eight and get a hold of the suicide hotline. Also, if someone you know uh, is in any sort of violent re relationship, please reach out as soon as possible. Um, here are some phone numbers that you can call. The National Center for Victims of uh, Abuse is 1-800-FYI-CALL. The National Domestic Abuse Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-787-3224. That's a TTY number. And then there's also RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. That's 1-800-656-HOPE. So please be sure if, uh, if, if anybody you know is experiencing anything like that uh, to give those numbers a uh, call. With that being said, let's get into it. Episode 44 of Botox with Big Jim. Roll it. Hi guys, welcome back to the Bulldogs with Big Jim podcast. Guess what, motherfucker? Some of the information you are about to hear, some may find disturbing. I don't know who gave them this or who gave them the clearance. On the crotch. Oh my lord. Right there. Can we Google that? Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I oh. fucking stumbled down a dark hole and I love it. Great cake parties. So, you know, if I'm going to believe anybody's bullshit, I'm going to believe mine. It sounds... Uh, not politically correct, but you two motherfuckers need Jesus.
So this is going to be the high school romance in the duffel bag. That's what I originally called it. Uh, but in for for this case, uh, let's just call it uh, the story of Katie Sudbury. So December 2006, uh, I personally was a new student at uh, Moon Valley High School. Go Rockets, MVHS. <laughs> but fuck you guys for kicking me off the stage when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like I said earlier, I was a new student there. I, uh, I actually, I actually started there my sophomore year. And at, at this particular time, Caitlin or Katie, as she was known by, she was a senior. Uh, she was an art student. I was an art student. I loved art. And from what I saw with her artwork, she also loved art too. She was also in a relationship with some, with someone by the name of Daniel Bird. Uh, but like I said, I never knew them personally. Now I, I did hang out with a few people who, 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 who knew them. I, I was an associate kind of, of those groups. You know, I was kind of that, that floater. I would go around everywhere and hang out with a bunch of uh, other people. Now, when they first started dating, which was again, early 2006, uh, according to Katie's friends and family, Daniel was actually the perfect boyfriend. He held the door open for her. He was very respectful. He was actually very respectful to her father, Richard, and her stepmom, Bobby. And then in 2007, May of 2007, things started to change. Daniel became a little more possessive he be, and he became much more jealous. Consistently texting and calling Katie, Daniel would hound Katie about where she was and who she, and who she was talking with constantly. And again, if I get anything wrong or if I speak out of context or if we speak out of context, please let us know. I speak out of my ass constantly, so it <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally full of shit. So, so anyways, like I was saying, <laughs> you can pretend uh, Daniel would hound her about who she was with and who she was talking with. This is a direct quote from quite from Quady. God, this beer is already again. Thank you. Epidemic ales for the Zombrew. I really hope those aren't mine. Uh, no, they're not. You're he, pretending. <laughs> <laughs> he even set fire to a bandana that belonged to katie's sister who had urged katie to break up break off the relationship sorry that was according to bobby the stepmom not katie but because she was in love she forgave him for his actions and the relationship continued as well as his behavior and then november 2007 katie broke up with, with daniel for the first time one uh, after one week, Katie returned to Daniel, and originally Katie had told Bobby that she loved him, and that she couldn't just leave him like this. Sadness and 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 everything else is he actually needed her. This is again her her words, based off of articles that I've seen, uh, and I'll pull I'll pull them up at at the end also. It was later revealed in Katie's journal that the reason why she went back to Daniel. Is because he threatened to kill himself. Sorry, this is uh, December 2007. This is actually two years before I graduated. Mm -hmm. Katie finally broke it off with Daniel for good. She split with him. That was it. 
And then come January 2008, Katie was walking walking to class. This is again at my high school, Moon Valley High School. Daniel approached Katie from behind and ripped off her backpack. He proceeded to take out her wallet and took her debit card as well as her driver's license. Why he did that, I think it was just to be more controlling. Just to hold on to her shit so she couldn't do anything. Then, After this incident took place, this information was then given over to the Phoenix Police Department, which there was a substation down the street, literally from my high school. And I know that because at the and and my in my senior year, we had what was called uh, police science. You know, there's fire science to learn to become mm-hmm. a firefighter and all this other stuff. Well, when I became a senior, it was the first time that they did police science. I I, I honestly don't know if it's still going, but we learned a little bit about policing, but we learned a <laughs> lot more about what those cops did in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Son, you're Mexican. You learn how to run. <laughs> I remember one story. It was uh, it was one of the officers. He was like, "Yeah, um, you guys don't have to read shit today, but I can I can tell you guys a story." And we're like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> uh, Daniel was eventually suspended for this. The first responding officer was Douglas Beeland, and the charges and the excuse me the second the second officer was Christopher Granado, who was eventually assigned to the case. Charges were filed against Daniel by Katie and Bobby. And then, on, and then five days later, on the 15th, Bobby sends a letter to Officer Granado indicating that she wanted to prosecute Daniel for the assault as well as the theft, because he did steal her license and her, and her debit card. Which, ripping something off of somebody, it's, that's, all, that's and a, January 18th. This is three days later. Officer Granado returns to Moon Valley. Keep in mind, I didn't see any of this. Me personally, I never saw any of this stuff going on. And I think that's how it is with most most uh, abusive relationships. You really don't know what's happening either behind closed doors or at this time, you know, when technology was just coming up through text messages or through phone calls. T9. <laughs> oh, dude, don't. I, I miss T9 so much. I could, I was able to use my thumb, not look at the butt, not even look at the screen and know exactly what I was typing to whoever. I still need to look at the screen, dude. And I got a smartphone. Dude, you, you send me messages and it's talk to text. And I sometimes can't even, I don't even know what you're saying. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just, just comes out the way it comes out. But I got a question. Pro- yeah. How long had they been dating prior to all this? Were they dating throughout high school? No, they had just started dating. They 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 were only dating. Dude, for- are you serious? Yeah, they they were only. And I think I'm I'm getting to that pretty soon. But if okay, I'm, if uh, I'm not uh, mistaken, I'm not asking questions until uh, every time I ask you a question, you're like, "Dad, I'm getting to that." Okay. Well, no, I'm getting I mean, to that. Honestly, okay. well, that's actually some of the feedback that that I've been getting lately, and I'm glad that we're on here now is asking questions in the, in the middle of it. Cause some people are, they listen to it and they're like, well, what about this? And then I explain it, but they want to hear the question being asked before I say it. Does that make sense? You know, you fuckers can write in <laughs> and text him. He does submit stories prior to us doing the story. So all ask the time. Him questions, everybody all the time. So again, officer Granado, proceed returns to moon valley high school and escorts daniel out of class and like i said 
I was not there for any of this. I never saw any of this. I never saw any quote unquote abuse between them or from or from them. But Granado informs Daniel that he is being charged with theft, not assault. Daniel becomes very upset with this and irritated that Katie filed charges against him and tells Officer Granado she tried running me at, at one point in time. She tried running over me with her car. And this is something that I found out too. People who have, uh, nar- who are narcissistic, who have personality disorders or a borderline personality disorder, or even anti personality disorder, ha- they ha- all have something called blame shifting. And what that is, is, is when someone does something wrong or inappropriate, but applies his or her reason or reasons of doing so on the victim. And this is what is the cluster B disorders, which are those disorders that I just named. Well, a lot of it too. I mean, back that's even though that was 10 years ago, well, no, about 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, oh, what's a lot there? of this, a lot, a lot of this mental illness wasn't really that much in the forefront. No. It was really just people starting to acknowledge it. Kind it was of much more I mean, than ha- much more than having an anger issue. After returning to school from his suspension, because it was a suspension, there's a big difference between expelled and suspension. Oh yeah, Sus- suspensions are you get it's like it's like timeout. You go you it's go to, three day. To, yeah, you go to the corner for three days. You, you don't come to school. You stay at home. Whatever. Expulsion is you are out of that school. Period. Or district. Or district. Yeah, the the school district, which. Some districts can have up to five, five or six schools. After returning from his suspension, the first thing Daniel did was to confront Katie about his suspension. And again, becoming very aggressive with Katie, he, quote, shook her and yelled at her. This is according to a witness and that he appeared very angry. Well, no shit. If he's shaking somebody and yelling at them. <laughs> wasn't trying to wasn't trying to knock change out of her pocket right <laughs> i fucking i can't do this <laughs> i love ice cream <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god sorry for everybody who just That's all right. got aggressive sorry i i get aggressive sometimes finally school staff were able to separate the two police were called to the high school again by the school staff. The staff informed police, yet again, that Daniel had a very, <laughs> had a very high tendency for violence. Yeah, no shit. The dude's in the middle of the fucking the, 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 the courtyard shaking her and yelling at her and being pissed off after he's doing what he just did right now the first time and was suspended for it. It's not her fault. No. And that's where that, that that blame shifting comes in is that he's doing this is because because she's not she's not taking the initiative to, to talk to him or to say something to him. It's a her fault, period. Yeah. That is that yeah, that is a narcissistic thing, right? That's a huge narcissistic behavior. Yeah. And just for those wondering, the definition of narcissist narcissistic is a personality disorder that involves a pattern of self-centered, arrogant thinking or and or behavior, a lack of empathy and consideration for other people, and an excessive need for 
admi admirization. Admiralization. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> others often describe people with NPD as cocky, manipulative, selfish, patronizing, and demanding. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is kind of where he falls in, right? Now, these I know are, a few of them. I'm sure. I'm sure we all do. I'm sure we all do. <laughs> and kind of going back to you know what we originally started talking about with this podcast is a lot of killers. Or a lot of people who commit crime are all narcissistic. Hmm. Yep. Redirect the blame. Everybody else's fault. Could have been resolved if they would have just listened. There's just there's a lot of a lot of just silliness. I can't even describe it. Silliness is just a good word right now. Yeah. No. It 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 makes sense. Now, now, after this, these actions have ultimately led <clears throat> to Daniel's expulsion from school and the district. Later that day, Daniel's biological mother called the Phoenix Police Department and she informed officers that Daniel was extremely upset and was yelling and shouting to her that he wanted to kill Katie and himself. This information was also given to Daniel's probation officer. Uh, that was Cynthia, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Mancellini, M-A-N-C-I-N-E-L-L-I. Now, despite knowing these events and that Bert and that Daniel was living alone without adult supervision, she did not attempt to contact him directly or assist with the police in detaining him. Now, this is actually information that I found out afterwards, after I first read about this story. Is that he was actually involved? He was, he's been in the system, quote unquote, you know, the the, the police system a, a few times from theft to, uh, what was the um, theft assault? And it, and it wasn't all through Katie. So he already had a record, which is why he had a probation officer. He was living not with his mother, he was living with his cousin. And he well, living with his cousin was kind of just like, all right, well, you're living here, but you can just do it. I'm, I'm not your parent. So if you need to go do something, you, you can go do it. Yeah. No guidance, no yeah. stability. Probably had a terrible relationship with both parents, you know, and again, serial killer fact check us, please. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Please fact check us. I, I don't want to run this, put, put this out there without having any, you know, nonsense. It's not nonsense coming directly from me. This is stuff that I all that I did find out on the internet. And if I get any of it wrong, just let let us know. I only speak in nonsense. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and then in January, on January twenty third. So this is now a year later after all all of these intimacies. Also, keep in mind. Just listen to to when I go back. The, all that information of him wanting to kill him, wanting to kill Katie, the assault, all these other things. All that information was given to the police department and his probation officer. But, but despite knowing all these events about Daniel and not living with his mom, living with, the, with his cousin, she didn't attempt to make contact with him. Meaning. She didn't go to, to the house where he's living out to speak to him. She didn't call him on the phone. She didn't fucking send snail mail. She didn't send smoke signals to, to get a hold of him. She just let it be. 
Well, I mean, she knew. She knew that what possibly could have happened. Unfortunately, it did, but she knew it was toxic. But wouldn't you he want to prevent toxic. it? I mean, that, that can put your job at, at jeopardy, right? You know, him him saying what he wanted to say to do to himself, that's just a t- an attention seeker. You know as well as I do, somebody who's going to get to that point and really wants to just, you know, take their own lives, they're not going to say shit. They're just going to do it. So a lot of it is want sympathy from her. Want to make her feel bad for making him feel shitty. He's insecure as hell or was. You know, unfortunately, he probably didn't didn't sound like he had a good upbringing. Probably had a bunch of... Uh, who knows? I don't know the guy. I didn't even know him. Yeah. But, you know, to have that type of a, a young lifestyle to where you're that emotionally distraught over something and and all you do is repeatedly say you're going to kill yourself he's troubled yeah very nobody's nobody obviously made the initiative that i can that that i know of or you know of to help him that exactly that i know of and that's not to say that i that i knew maybe he was lash you know lashing out for help maybe he was doing some of this to try and get help but like i said I never knew the guy personally, so I don't know, and I cannot answer yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. Have, I mean, the more there's a lot more attention given to suicide prevention nowadays at any age, a lot as more. young as ten years old. Yeah. So you know, it's more. There's more awareness mm-hmm. back then, even though that was only ten, fifteen years. You know, a lot is a lot has changed since then, as far as awareness and attention and 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 people to help. Actually, speaking people of people in crisis. Speaking of uh, helping people in, in crisis, and this is, you know, not not getting too far off topic, but the the national hotline uh, for suicide, they finally have got their own three number phone number now. So like nine nine one one is emergency and. 411 is, you know, the load, you know, all that other stuff, right? Information. Information. 988 is the direct line now for the suicide hotline. Yeah, it's more apparent, it's especially now with COVID and everybody. I mean, suicide oh, has gone up um, tenfold. Through the roof. Yeah, and I not actually, just in. I, I, I actually put that on one of our Instagram stories is that it's gone up over 200%. Since COVID, that's a year, a year, and it's gone two hundred percent up. So, anyways, getting back to the story. Sorry about that. So, so sorry for derailing. January twenty third, two thousand and eight. This is now a year before I I graduated high school. Assistant principal of operations and resources, Eddie Lopez. Oh, Mister Lopez, I remember you, sir. Yeah. Was he nice? Did, no, he's did he, he kicked you out. He's the one that literally walked me off the fucking stage of graduation. So thank mm. you. I appreciate that. It took me how long to get my fucking eight, uh, high school diploma. Thanks, bud. We never oh, even got the video for, for it. For a shimmy. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Assholes. You know what? Hey, I'm clipping this out too. Anybody who's on Facebook who knows Eddie Lopez, if they can get that video of me graduating and shimmying, I would like to rebuke, rebuttal, whatever the word is. I should have walked that stage. Damn it. He means to say he would like to bitch a lot about it. 
Listen, I have a lot of feelings. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you, sa- you sound distraught. Call I'm, your mama. I'm experiencing some things. Okay. <laughs> so Eddie Lopez, Mr. Lopez and Sergeant Roger Henrich were able to speak with Daniel on the phone. During the call, Daniel stated that he, quote, hated Katie, but did not want to kill her. Mr. Lopez also informed Daniel that he would be transferred to a different school as a result of his actions. Also, because of the threat, Sergeant Henrich suspected Daniel of having a weapon and requested five additional officers to meet at Daniel's residence without his knowledge. So this is after the phone call. They all get a plan to let you know what we, he may have a weapon, whether it's a firearm, a machete, a knife, whatever. Just but his the, bare hands. Just as, yeah, just your bare hands can be labeled as, as weapons. But they went to the house to investigate that, that same day. Later that evening, officers showed up and knocked on the door. Nobody came to the door. So they left, which is, which is unfortunate, but it is unfortunately a type of protocol. If nobody comes to the door, they can't just breach the door unless they have a search warrant. And that, that, that search warrant has to, has to get approved by a judge. Now, keep in mind, they were just going to, to speak with him and ask to come in. If they were allowed in, then they wouldn't really need necessarily need a search warrant. So technically it wasn't a welfare check, it meaning was kind- that they they could have gone in if it was a well, if it was an elderly person, no one's heard from for a few days, they have the right to breach the door. Don't they? Yes. If it's a welfare check, but this wasn't necessarily that it was just going to. Speak <clears throat> okay. With so him, it wasn't that, but they suspected him of having a, a weapon. It wasn't for sure. They didn't know for sure. So later that day, Sergeant Henrich contacted Bobby, the stepmom, and told her, that he thought the threat was real and she should obtain a protection order. Now, this is another thing that I learned about Arizona, which I didn't know at the time. Arizona had a law at the time that was limited to an injunction against harassment or IAH to which they did not obtain the following reason, which were domestic partners, meaning they could not get this was the type of, of restriction order at the time was a IAH. And because of the domestic violence statute prior to September 30th, 2009, you can only qualify to get an IAH if you were married, previously married, living together, previously living together, you were blood related, have a child, or you were pregnant. Not even if, if you had sexual relations with with another person okay now i i missed something what is the purpose of that to allow you to to have it's basically their their restraining order oh oh, 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 arizona's that that was basically what their restraint it was a it was called the order of protection not necessarily got it it, it. order okay i I missed that part but, but that's what it was called injunction against harassment but you can only qualify for that prior to 2009 if you had that. Married, previously married, living together, previously living together, blood-related, have a child together, or if one was already pregnant. 
But if you had sexual, if you were involved in a, in a romantic relationship with somebody or sexually active with somebody, you could not get one. And you could not get one if you were under the age of 18. He also recommended keeping Katie home from school that day, which was a Wednesday. Sergeant Henrich, 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 Sergeant H. Sergeant Henrich, there we go, also informed Daniel's probation officer again of the assaults and the threat on Katie's life. life. Officers were also placed around the school throughout the remainder of that day as well. For two days, and again, I didn't. Uh, I also walk with my head in the cloud, in the cloud sometimes. But for two days, un- uniformed and ununiformed officers patrolled the front of the high school, both to serve as a visual deterrent and to be quick responders in case of any type of e- emergency. So obviously, something was real if they're going to have officers outside of the the high school for for two days, right? Okay, so was that in just in result? Was this whole thing was just a result of this one person in particular, or just in general as school patrol? In general, we already had a <laughs> we already had we we did have a uh, a uh, uh, SRO SRO a school resource officer on campus. I don't remember his name, but he was actually a pretty cool dude. Well, I remember you guys always had a cop car. Or, yeah. uh, or wagon out yeah. front. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that was the 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 school resource officer. But for these two days in particular, uh, uh, they had other uniform officers standing outside just just as a deterrent in, in case Daniel decided to show up and do something or say something to Katie, and as and un and ununiformed to be more of like a you know discreet. And then on Monday, January 28th, 2008, uh, hesitant about the situation, Bobby was convinced by Katie to return back to school. Katie wanted to maintain her GPA as she did not want to lose her acceptance to NAU. Now, this is the really, really fucked up part and sad part. Because I didn't, I didn't know that she wanted to go to NAU, which was a school that I wanted to go to, which is Northern Arizona University, Lumberjacks. Katie told Bobby that she had a ride home from school that day and to not worry about it. And again, I'm going to keep saying this. Please fact check me if I'm wrong. Katie said, I, I love you to Bobby. And, uh, and then Katie went back to school. Early in, in the afternoon, Katie waited to be picked up, but the ride had never sh- had the ride had <laughs> the ride that she had planned with never showed up so then she made the, the decision to walk home yeah tell me that wasn't one of her parents that didn't do that no no it, it was one of her friends who now again i don't know fact check me but from what i read it was a, a an acquaintance or a friend in articles that i've read if it was her parent if it was her parents i i can i cannot confirm or deny yeah, but to live with that shit, knowing that you were just for whatever reason you couldn't pick her up, whether you were being lazy or I mean, and this is nothing against got in a car accident or didn't have a vehicle. Nothing against Bobby, but I, there's no way in hell that I would have someone else go pick up my, my kid if some other shit was happening. I'd leave work 
I'd call off for two days to make sure that my kid, and again, nothing against Bobby. I'm not giving her a hard time. I'm not, not saying anything like that, but in my, my, how I would react was, is, is different, you know, mm-hmm. Katie uh, ran across the street. Oh, excuse me. Jumping ahead. Uh, so the person, so she decided to walk home. And then at about 1230 in the the afternoon, Katie arrived home after walking and was greeted by Daniel at her front door with a duffel bag. Katie saw him and ran across the street to the neighbor's house and with Daniel in close, close pursuit. See, she attempted to jump over the neighbor's fence to, to get away from him, but she was unable to. What are you doing? Yeah, so she was run. She saw him and was running she, from him. She saw him and then ran. Oh, and so where, where were they in proximity to where this happened? How far did she literally run? Across the street. So you know how you know the individuals uh, who used to live across the street from us with the 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 foster the foster dad. Yeah, about that far. Oh, so, so she was so in somebody's she, home. And so if she was okay. if she was walking from walking east to like our house, and then saw me standing at, at the front porch, she then ran towards that house to uh, to our neighbor's house. So it, for 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 your per- perspective, for your you know knowledge, so it, it it wasn't very far. It was literally the house across the street from her house. Okay. She, she tried to jump the fence to get over into the neighbor's yard. Now, for those who don't know, in Arizona, a lot of the houses are cement blocked, six foot fences. They're cement walls, basically. Cinder block walls. Cinder, cinder block walls, and that's what a, a lot of them are. There are ones that are wood or chain link or anything like that, but most of them are, especially in, in the neighborhood that we were in, were cinder blocks. So she tried jumping over one one of those walls. And she unfortunately uh, did not get over in time, and Daniel was able to pull her back down. He then forced Katie to the ground, reached into the duffel bag that he had with her, uh, with him, and pulled out like the weapon that we talked about in our last episode, a sawed-off shotgun. He placed the gun behind the back of Katie's head, behind her left ear, and pulled the trigger. Immediately, well, I, I didn't know it was a shotgun. I thought it was. A, I mean, that didn't matter. But and then immediately, so he, immediately following, he placed the gun in his mouth and pulled the uh, trigger, thus labeling a murder suicide. Gee, I didn't. I. I mean, not to make it. I didn't know it was a shotgun. I thought yeah, no, a, I didn't. I didn't know that either. When when stories were circu- were circulating, uh, at the, uh, when when all this first happened. A lot of people were saying it was a handgun, but then from what I found online, it was actually a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. Back then, you can literally, all you had to be was 18 years of age, yep. go to your local Walmart, Walmart, mind you, and buy a shotgun, a long rifle, which would be a imitation or a wannabe AK-47 style. Or even which is popular now is the AR-15 style, right? Or a mini, mini. What was that? A mini 11? Mini 11, yeah. You can walk. Yeah, you can walk into Walmart and buy one of those. Cash. Yeah. No. So, no background check. No. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> this nothing. was. This was 
11, 12 years ago. Yeah. 12, 12, 13 years ago. 13 years literally. ago. Yeah. So that's, that's what happened with uh, Katie and, and Daniel. And then on September 30th, like I said earlier with the IAH, September 30th, 2009, this is now after I have graduated, one year later, as, as a result of Katie's death, Katie's law was enacted. Katie's law is for the, allows those who are in a dating relationship, both romantic and sexual in nature, protection under the law. Protection is as listed. Law enforcement with and without warrant may arrest it. It may arrest the individual that committed the offense. An order of protection can be obtained. Firearms will be confiscated. Law enforcement officers shall provide information to the victim about their, about their, um, not the suspect, but their, uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Uh, 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 accuser. Good Lord, I started hard on that one. Bad guy. Bad guy. Information about uh, the IAH, emergency numbers to call local police other than 911, and telephone numbers for local community resources. Also, the three-strike rule was also given during this Katie's Law enactment. Meaning, if you get if you do one one offense, that's a count on your on your record. Second and third, by the third one, it's a felony charge, and you will then be incarcerated um, until that time is done. Okay, wait a minute. Three strikes, three strikes of the same offense, being an abuser or somebody who is endangering somebody else. There yeah. shouldn't even be that many. I agree. Times there shouldn't. But this is, and again, this is what I read. This is what I found online. This is from. Uh, I believe what is called uh, katiesway.com. Yeah, I'll check that. Put, put, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry. It's katiesway.org. And and for anybody wondering sources, I'll definitely be linking this one with a bunch of the sources that, that I found. Yeah. But this is the, this was episode 44, the case of Caitlin Sudbury. What'd you think? Well, I mean, I, I've obviously heard you say it a few times. I never read the article. I don't even know if they ever showed a picture of both them in the uh, what was the name of it? the Phoenix Sun. Yeah, uh, no, I, I yeah. think I think they they for sure have pictures of both of them, but I, I don't know if they have it in, in the actual Phoenix Sun, which is the newspaper out there. Well, I just didn't. I never paid attention to how trouble this kid was for whatever reason. Whatever misfortunes in his life to be 18 and 18 or 18, right? 18. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the time she was 17 of her, of her time of death. I, I, I think, and again, I'll, I'll double check, but there's a couple things that I know that I missed again. Keep in mind, this is the very, and I didn't make any changes to the notes that I took previously. I just, I kept everything the same. But yeah, that, that this this was episode forty four, uh, the story of Katie Sud Sudbury. Yeah, not good. Unfortunately, that's you hear about stuff like this and constantly. And and that's one other thing too is that you know it's it's it sucks. Obviously, something like this really fucking sucks. But one thing that I've said to people before is that something so something good 
and it happens with 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 everything. It's not just something like this, but something eventually good comes out of something that had that 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 was bad. You know, like before they didn't have these protection plans for people who were just in a relationship, a, a, a dating relationship under the age of eighteen, or or sexual relationship under the age of eighteen. So basically, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Well, just bodily harm on the opposite sex, male or female, doesn't even matter. I mean, it, they're still children. How come it doesn't fall under the child protective laws? Or it does it that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I have those questions. I have no clue. But it's more apparent now because of everything else, social media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Social media was not what it, what it is now back then. Hell, I think we were still using Facebook in 2009. No, it was I MySpace. Mean, MySpace. MySpace, excuse me. Yeah, I, I was stealing stuff off LimeWire and Napster. Frostwire, <laughs> homie. That, that, was, that was a spot to, to go. That's what yeah. fucking uh, Anchor Blue was the shit, too. I remember that store. Yeah. That was a great yeah. store. Yeah. But yes, that was the story. And uh, unfortunately, this is something that had happened to. And well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in the intro. But yeah, this is this was. Uh, it was an interesting story, and I always wanted to know about it. And this what this is what kind of got me down the the true true crime path of looking at things that are and true crime meaning not like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer or you know uh, who's the other one the clown John Wayne Gacy stuff like this happens to literally your neighbors literally, within the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, it's not they don't have to be famous, well known, or documentary. This is everyday life, and unfortunately, um, shit like this happens constantly. It's, it's terrible. It's not okay, but people are troubled. Yeah, people are very troubled. Mm -hmm. So, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, this is episode forty-four. I had a pretty, you know, there's some. I, I guess you, you could say funny parts in here. Not the story wasn't funny, obviously, but you know we had some had some giggles. That's what I'm for. <laughs> you could blame me. Yeah, I will. So thank you everybody for listening, for watching. Please don't forget forget to hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit the the notification bell. So every time we post a video, you will also be notified. Please subscribe on Apple Podcast. Leave a just leave one. One review. I don't care if it's a one star. Give us the the middle finger. Just you know, something. Tell us the fuck yeah, off. You, Tell us the fuck off, and we'll still give you a shout out. Use an emoji. That doesn't matter. Put put the poop. Put the poop. Put the poop one. Okay. And we'll still say we'll still say thank you. Yeah. Well, some clarification. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on instagram go over to our flow page flow.page slash btwbj and eventually these shirts these will be printed on shirts the design behind me will be a shirt design that will be coming soon but for right now it's behind closed doors you will not know about it until we let you know about it yes so big jim with that Thank you for coming on. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. I hope everybody had an interesting time about this story. And we will talk to you next week. Adios. Adios, folks. Peace. Later. <laughs>